It's the carnival episode. See the dog boy. See the, See the l- bearded lizard woman. We've got two in one for her. I'm doing snuff. And that's the stuff right there. Because here at here at Don't Be an Idiom, we We got a lot of bits. We got a lot of things. Running running gags. We got and snuff is one of them, and I thought that, that would help wake me up a little bit. Right. Well, is that okay? It's great. Um, maybe I should do some. Carnival. This is the carnival episode, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Can you tell by all the sounds? Listen, oh. Like, listen to this. And in the distance? Well, I, can I think it. someone just fell in a dunk tank. <laughs> dunk tank. <laughs> Have you ever um, had to participate in a dunk tank sort you know, of thing? I don't know if I've ever had to be in the seat. Have you? I I feel like I have, but that might be, might have been a dream. I, yeah. I can't remember. I'm starting to I'm starting to not be sure what, anymore whether things were are dreams memories. or memories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I feel like there was a time, maybe for a school thing, where I thought that I was going to have to do the dunk tank, yeah. and I was nervous and anxious and all that. Yeah. And then I have these like the feeling of when you fall into the tank that yeah. it's so shallow that your knees just go right down and it kind of hurts. Oh right. Yeah, I, I but see I that. feel like I might have manufactured that feeling memory. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I don't know what's true anymore. The only thing I do know is that it's episode forty-two, and there's a guy swallowing a sword over there. <laughs> there's a guy swallowing a sword to my right. Oh. <laughs> and to my left is the memory of is was Comedy Central channel forty-two on cable. Oh, yes, I think it was. Was it? 33 was Nickelodeon, 35 yeah. was MTV, and, and 40, 41 was VH1. VH1, yeah. 42, I think you're right, was Comedy Central, and 49 was something else. Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network. That was late. That was later in the game. A little bit later. Right? Yeah, for sure. Cool. I think you were Old my first cha- introduction channels. to cable. We didn't have cable until like, I was a what? teenager or something, yeah. What? the hell that's crazy well you, that's because your family's all like why would you watch tv when you can manipulate a music machine <laughs> manipulate a music machine yeah which is just that you as a, a human being right you don't Playing need music. tv well, let's put on a family play we never did that i could see your dad doing that that'd be fun well, and he'd be like, and, and I'm king. And just, thou just like in mow with the lawn. Until, thou will until, mow with the lawn. Until the day is nigh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that might, uh, that's a pretty good episode title, actually. Um, yeah, so this, this week, this past week was, uh, it was Albert's birthday. It was our good friend Alex's birthday. Yeah. We went to, um, we went to a, bowl, a bowling alley bowl, right on Broad Street. If you've with never a, been there, get with a over vaccinated there. group of friends. Yes, before we were very you freak safe, out. Yeah, and uh, it was nice playing uh, bowling. Yeah, do you play bowling? That doesn't sound right. You roll the bowl. You participate in a bowling match. Yeah, I I've been wanting to go into that place for so years. many balls. <laughs> there was a lot of balls, <laughs> and um, you know it's so great. You know it's underground, which always feels 
cool mm-hmm. when you're going underground. Sure. And then uh, there's only six lanes, so it feels very small. <laughs> you know, it's it's you're squeezed in, but in very a good small. way, like kind of like a hug. Yeah, it was huggy. And then Sean, the guy who was ta- the guy who was running the whole joint, he was playing like punk music the whole night. The whole it was, night. It was amazing. Like yeah, hot was, water music was coming on, lag wagon. Yeah, it was and a no descendants. One, we didn't ask for it. It just was, yeah, it was meant to be. Yeah. He's like, going to be oh, the best man at your wedding. Yeah. And the 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 the, the, the flower girl at yours, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also the husband. Um, this was also <laughs> the flower girl and the husband. <laughs> it's a tall order. Um <laughs> We also uh, had a weekend filled with Stromboli and Rolling Rock. Yeah. If you listen to episode 41, you know that was a big Rolling Rock episode. Uh, we're not drinking those tonight. but um, Because we drank them all, <laughs> we drank them all. <laughs> But hopefully, you know, hopefully that Rolling Rock song we wrote, you know, we'll stuck with you. The attention and, and, of the sponsors. And really, yeah, we've not gotten... They haven't said that we're, we're going to be... Uh, they're going to sponsor us officially yet. But, but they also haven't said that they wouldn't. Right, and we also haven't contacted them. We're just we well, want you, to st- oh, you wrote a you wrote a message to the fake Rolling Rock. No, it was a real. Oh, that was the real one. But I didn't really write to the the proper people. Right, you know. Right, I just they was, they just think you're a fan. They're just going to be like, no, yeah, brush yeah. You and off. we're not yeah. fans. Yeah, we're equals. We need the executive <laughs> email account. Um, and uh, our our listener Bub tried the promo code on the Blue Moon website, and. If you don't remember what that that promo code was, it was Idiom Boys Hallelujah, Hallelujah Extravaganza. Extravaganza. Right. You just type that into the the coupon yeah. space bar thing. So Bub got a little pushback, but there might have been a uh, a, a misspelling. Yeah, I mean, so he might still try get it that again. case of Blue Moon. <laughs> try it again. We'll definitely that half price case. <laughs> anyway, thank you, um, Bub. It's more people need to be imaginative like you. <laughs> Think so? Well, yeah. You know, it's like you know, I could see somebody being like, "Man, I thought about typing in that promo code. Wouldn't mm-hmm. that have been a gas?" But Bub's like, "I'll do it." <laughs> it's a gas, gas, gas. Yeah. And then you know, and now everyone loves his Instagram posts. It's I, I was impressed. Um, oh, I wanted to. We have a, a, a T-shirt announcement, and it made me think of uh, yesterday. I was wearing. Bum, bum, bum. I was wearing my Critters T-shirt, like the the '80s creature feature Critters. And this waitress goes, I, she's walking in front of me and she, she turns around like, like a Already double. Already I don't like that people are addressing <laughs> us from behind. Right, yeah. Or from in front and, and turn around. Yeah, you do hate that. When someone's in front of you and then they turn around. Yeah, you know what? I actually, I was going to disagree with you. What I, what I hated first was if I'm walking down the hallway. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. I'm walking right. down the hallway and someone behind you is behind like, good morning. Me, who we've never made eye contact is good like, morning. hey, good morning. Yeah, that's crazy. And then crazy. I turn around with the, I'm like, what? <laughs> me? <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, you, yeah, yes. And I'm like, it's yeah. Monday morning. That is crazy. Yeah. Saying hi to someone when they're behind you. Wait. When the person's behind you, that's crazy. No, but what I, oh, but my original hate was I'm in front of them and they're I saying know, hi. I know, I know, I oh, know. Yeah. I'm saying but that's, no, that's. I also hate that. Yeah. Because it's like, 
you know, they're walking. It's the same thing. I'm imagining being them now. And yeah. then they're turning around and instigating a hello. Both of them are crazy. No. You need to walk by, you need to walk past each other. Right. For an obligatory right. hello to yes. happen. So anyway, she was in front of me and uh, she's like, she turned around and said, you better not be one of those people that's wearing the shirt, but you've never seen the movie. Ooh. That And I was like, that's your... She liked you. That, <laughs> I was like, that's so annoying and offensive. Uh, of right. course I've seen Critters. See, but I'm look. wearing a Critters t-shirt. I'm not a I'm not like a 14 year old with a David Bowie shirt that they got from H and M. Right. This is a or Critters. Marilyn Manson. Oh my, that is insane. That Marilyn that, Manson. That, t- I know. I remember H and M has Marilyn Manson T-shirts. Right. That is bonkers. I mean, I'll tell you what. No one was, no one was happy that I was wearing that in 1996. <laughs> right at Catholic school. <laughs> no, I was. Oh, you at were out of Catholic school. Um. But anyway. It was really annoying. And I'd be like, no, I like, yeah, I grew up on it. And then she's like, oh, As I like <laughs> She takes off her mask and she's a critter. Yeah. <laughs> she's making sucking noises for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, tell them, tell them about the, the shirt. Oh, speaking of shirts, our in-house, don't be an idiom artist, Margaret Zubarian, she took it on her of her own accord to uh, in the last episode if you Ryan was talking about once in a blue moon and how they pulled a bunch of kids in 1904 or something 1902, like that. 1902, yeah. Even earlier. <laughs> and they were like, "Hey kids, what do you think the moon's made out of?" And some some of them said one dead the, people. Yeah, one of the top 3 guesses was dead people. Dead people. So, without any sort of anything from us margaret's like look at that look at these little sketches i've done and we're like oh my god that's amazing and then she turned out a full-fledged um you, you know design and we were like well right. you know we weren't sure if we were ever going to print like t-shirts but uh, these look I, too cool now we have to so yeah thank you margaret and um what we're going to say is we're going to start posting pictures of the image and if you can we got a real nice t-shirt company all lined up tested in South, in Philly, tested in South Philly, local USA, yeah, Philly USA, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna try to get these things made. So if you're interested, we'll show you the design on our Instagram. Send us a little message so we can get an idea of the pre-order. Right, or you can uh, you can email us at don't be an idiom at gmail You're like, hey, right, reserve me a medium, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, so we'll make it that many and then a couple extra. I was thinking the name of the, the shirt should be Once in a Dead Moon. Because Once one, in a Dead Moon. Right? Yeah, once in a Blue Moon. Because the dead moon, the dead people moon isn't actually, it's not idiomatic in any way, but it's, but, but it, it was, could be. It came from Once in a Blue Moon. Once in a Dead Moon. That's better. That's like, that's so rare. It Very never rare. happens. <laughs> <laughs> never is the moon just dead people. Right. So, so that makes way more sense. Right. English speakers of the world. Yeah. So there we are making idioms again. <laughs> All right. What else we got here? Uh, Nothing. That's no, it. that's it. No, this, the seven's a blank. Right. Okay. I meant to delete <laughs> well, I that. Don't, I don't number things. You number things? Well, I started doing a thing where my regular notes are bulleted yeah. and then my bonus notes are numbered. Oh, okay. Did you hear something? No. Okay. I hear birds. 
Oh, because it's spring? It's the, I guess everyone wants to fall in love now. <laughs> Yuck. Cool. Yucky Magoo. Everybody that thought that I lost my panache, I did bring games today. Wow, the game man becomes the game master. Just like that? I once get it back? Again. Just, no, no, no. Well, <laughs> once again. No, I think if you can remember to bring the game three times in a row, you can be game master. All right, again. cool. Yeah, I'm trying to earn my keep here. So Yeah, but the game man has brought us something special. It is a pack of charades cards. Mm. Because you know that if you were trying to just play charades and we're like, we don't need anything for charades. We'll just use our imagination. Everyone's like, I can't think of anything. Yeah. So you need the cards. Oh, yeah, that's a good reason. Right? To play charades. It's because you've got the cards. On the fly. Yeah. God, when's the last time you played charades for real? Uh, Never, because who's got the charades cards? Nobody. Right. So All right, anyway, so they exist. I think there's five, there's five suggestions on there. Yeah. How are we going to do this? All right, so here's what we're, I think we're going to do. Each of us is going to draw a random charades card, mm-hmm. and each of us is going to get one minute. Mm-hmm. So one of us is going is to have the charades card and try to act it out for the other person. Got it. And if the other person, the best score is five. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there are skips. Skips are allowed. Skips are allowed. <laughs> okay. Right? That's, That's, that, yeah. that explains it, right? Yeah, all right. The cards are plaid. Okay. Well, uh, take a card and then I guess <laughs> yeah. let's see what happens. All right. So that means you're, you're going to go first, right? Yeah, might as well. All right. Might as well go first when you're definitely going to lose. <laughs> No, 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 you're clever. No, no, okay. All right, and I'm also not going to look at the card until I hit the start, the timer. Okay? Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Sound good? Yeah. All right, you ready? Yes. And go. This is music. Skip. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Book. Two words. First word, a cloud. Uh. <clears throat> Two. Second word, Cloud Castle, Cloud Pendulum, Cloud Nine, no, Cloud, oh man, <laughs> I don't know, Cloud City, Cloud Capital, <laughs> skip, 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 <laughs> this is a film, um, it's the first word, Dance, um, cocaine, um, pick, <laughs> nose, booger, boogie night, boogie night. Yes! Okay. Can I get that point? No. Really? All right, yes, we'll give it to him. That's one. Uh, boogie nights. If only the, this, this should be a filmed episode. Okay. So oh boogie God. nights. That might not have been totally fair, but I'll also give you an extra Wait, three no, seconds after you, the bell. So the thing that you immediately skipped was especially for you, which would have been impossible. And then cloud atlas, and then boogie nights. Cloud atlas. I was damn well, it. I was doing globe. I was trying to spin a globe, and then I was going to be like, well, atlas it's is, like yeah. a globe. Because <laughs> then I was spreading out and trying to pin down on a map. I yeah. Don't know. No. 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 I, I sh- there's you not got many cloud. There's not. I know. There's not many movies that begin with the word cloud. I should have gotten that. By damn it, way, Tom by, Hanks. By the way, yeah. Damn it, Tom Hanks. <laughs> you know, in like when people play, play charades and they're trying to do the 
like the two words, one yeah. word's like I my only reference for that is from Beetlejuice. Right. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> and like what's with the slap in your arm thing? Is I don't that know, is that really the official good. signal? Like Yeah. But he was doing syllables. Is that was syllable? he? I don't oh, know. He was doing do two words Beetlejuice. Out. You're right, you're right, you're right. Okay. Well, listen, if you know, if you're a professional charades player and you know what the slap in the arm move means, uh, send us an email. I do like that. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, Music. How many words? <laughs> Two words. First word. Um, sagging arm. Sagging bicep. Oh, c- killing, cutting yourself. Sludge. Blood. Blood. Yes. Bloody. Bloodier, um, sanguine, um, cut, wrist cut, suicide, blood, <laughs> skip. <laughs> what is it? A book? Is it a book? <laughs> it's a book. Yeah. Okay. Uh, pledge allegiance. How many letters? How many words? How many words? Two words. Pledge eagle. Fly. Skip. 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 <laughs> Don't movie. put your don't put your hand there again. Movie, movie, movie. movie. How many words? <laughs> Two words. First word. What is it? <laughs> Stop putting your hand over your heart. This is bullshit. <laughs> All I kept getting was pledge allegiance. All right, what was it? The book was American Gods. Oh my god! Oh, back away from the mic. Oh my god! I should have had that. Chris, I didn't. Can I didn't you believe that. It was randomly chosen. I didn't know how to do. Dude, there's American Gods, American Hustle, and American Psycho all on this card. America, maybe. I, Why no, would right. they have three American anything? Maybe because they thought nobody would ever go for three at the same time. <sighs> wow, that's American Gods. Is that a coincidence? It's not a coincidence. I mean, it is a coincidence. I think it's pretty amazing. Oh my gosh! Well, that was right. You won. I mean, not really, because <laughs> I actually uh, didn't really well, get I'll tell that. You what, even if you gave me those three extra seconds, I wasn't going to get it. The how would you charade American? I was doing a pledge of allegiance motion. It's people. good. That is a good one. I guess I maybe just didn't know what to do. Maybe. Honestly, I thing? suck. We should practice charades this weekend. Yes, okay. All weekend. <laughs> no right. girls allowed. 9 a.m. 5 p.m. No girls allowed. Practice charades to get ready for a real charades yeah. game at some point in our yeah. lives. All right. Okay. I like it. Um, can you clear Can you clear this table off? There's lots of flotsam and jetsam on this table. Ah, I see what you did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Do you know that? I know Do you know ter- anything yeah, about it? I know the it? term. No, nothing. Okay, good. They sound like two made-up words. What's the definition? Flotsam and jetsam? Yeah. Honestly, I don't even know if I would have got, like, just based on the hint you gave by saying it's too cluttered here, Mm -hmm. I would say that there's just, like, a bunch of stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. So the definition is useless or discarded objects, odds and ends, bits and pieces. That's the idiomatic meaning of flotsam and jetsam. I've asked huh. a couple of people and people, some, a lot of people have not heard, I have even heard this. I used. have heard of it, but I, okay. don't, I don't think I would have ever, I don't think I've ever heard it used in like a good context that I could. I'm going to give you some context because I, I was watching a movie and, um, and I heard it in the movie and I was like, I wrote it down and then yeah. I, I dove in. Neat. 
you want me to give you that context now or, or after your uh, guess? Probably should be after, right? Yeah. Okay. So what does flotsam and jetsam mean? Am Useless I saying it right? Flotsam and jetsam. Yeah, they both, now they both end with an M. N? No, no, no. Like M as in M and M's. Oh, okay. Flotsam and jetsam. So what do you think the, um, here on, on Don't Be an Idiom, we bring an idiom to the table and the other person has to guess the origin story. So what's your guess? I thought I would give people that information. That was nice because it gave me time to think. Oh. Oh, this is easy. Okay. So I'm going to say it's the 50s. Okay. 1950s? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the 50s. All right. Elvis. Wow. And there were a serial killer. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, uh, kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde type. Exactly what I was thinking. Oh. It was Marie Flotsam <laughs> and Peggy Jetsam. In were, they, love, were they lesbians? Both women. Oh, yes. It was very, very edgy it was for very the 1950s. very topical back then. You <laughs> yeah, know? quite. In fact, you haven't heard of them because people were so uncomfortable talking about two women being in love. Yeah. Then. Oh, I could see that. But... We love that here on Don't Be an Idiom. We don't be an idiot. <laughs> uh, we love the lesbians on Don't Be an Idiom. Especially when you're on a killing spree. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's right. what these gals are going to do. Right. So they star-crossed lovers. Families couldn't understand. So they hop in there. You know... Model T. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> okay, I'm getting some Thelma and Louise vibes out of this, too. Right. I don't really know the premise I mean, of that's, Thelma and that, Louise. I mean, but. either. I just know that. Yeah, were they? Were, were Thelma and Louise, Louise in love? Or no, I think deal? they were like best friends. They were just like rebels. Because didn't one of them sleep with a young Brad Pitt? Yeah. I always see a picture of him like with a tight six pack looking young. <laughs> yeah. And I just I feel like I think it's Thelma and Louise. Yeah, but I bet one got jealous. Um, right? No, no, no. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They're on the run. They're on the lamb. Listen, if you are running around killing people, you're banging. <laughs> I think. Okay. I mean, it just it stirs up wild emotions, uh-huh. I think. That's right. You get that the high adrenaline. Yeah. You need to release. <laughs> you Christ. have to release. Um on the open road. <laughs> and right. uh so obviously the So Marie Flotsam and Peg Jetsam. Yeah. Okay. So they um they're in love. The The family wouldn't stand for it. So, of course, they were the first victims, right? The mm-hmm. family? Yeah. Um, they made it look like a setup. Okay. And then they take they take off. Yeah. Um, and then, basically, they're just like, well, we don't want to. Well, let's not work. You know? Sure, let's yeah. Just, let's, just, let's just go on this nice vacation and kill our way through the country, right? Okay, until we get to the edge of the, the of Big Sur, yeah. overlooking the Pacific. Yeah, okay. if we get that far, we'll drown ourselves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so they, they do that, and, you know, it's, you know, kill and rob and mm. kill and rob and all that stuff. Kill and rob. Kill and rob. And then, but the, this interesting thing is that Peg mm-hmm. gets real into um, a dice, like dicing up the bodies. Oh, really? Weird. Yeah, like really she cuts him really, up. Yeah. All right. So it's the gas like her, station attendant in Arizona is—he's yeah. getting the Jetsam Jetsam jigsaw. Jetsam jigsaw. Whereas uh, um, Flotsam was more about just like this is just we're just we need we to go. Have, we have to kill them. Right. You know this. This doesn't have to be like a. They've seen our faces. Yeah. So like, let's just. She was more of a um, what type of killer is that called? She's practical, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
But it's like from dusk till dawn with uh, Quentin Tarantino and George exactly, Clooney. Okay. Exactly. I see. So anyway, but Peg really got into her, her signature quote Shh. signature. Sure. And that was really just dicing people into cubes. Okay. So, you know, after a lot of body cubes are found from the local papers. Yeah. You know, you get a sheriff out in Illinois. Yeah. And he's like. He's like, there's nothing but Flotsam and Jetsam all over this shed here. Flotsam we don't know is like who this is. One dead it's, body, and Jetsam is the cut-up body. It's all the... Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Flotsam yes. and Jetsam. Right. This is, you could tell Flotsam killed this one because they left it alone. Yeah. And then and you get Just over, a shot to the head. You get over to Jetsam, and it's just... It, it's it's uh, mayhem. Cube hu- human cube, cubes. Cube, human cubes. Cubans. So... Yeah, uh, Cubans. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So, you know, that's how it got brought up that way. So it's it used to be that that you had one big piece of useless Mm -hmm. material and then a lot of small pieces. But Mm -hmm. now it's just anything. It's anything. Yeah. Very. That was one of your best guesses in a long time. Uh, That's not (laughs) that's not good (laughs) because that wasn't very good. No, I like that one. Uh, Um, It's wrong. Okay, it's wrong. Um, so, uh, Dan Lazowski, our friend Dan Lazowski and I, yes. who is a very amazing artist and poet that you should check out. And he's local. Yes. He's a Philly man and he will blow your mind away. Yeah. You should check out his Instagram at Dan Lazowski arts, Dan Lazowski art, I believe. Yeah. So we were watching, you'll know if you found it cause there's a bunch of like, there's a bunch of stuff that looks like, um. Hmm. Slime, a lot of slime, <laughs> slime with a rain. It's gra- like a Groucho Marx rainbow, glasses. rainbow slime. Yeah. Groucho it's like Marx an acid sewer trip. S- yes, <laughs> um, in the most beautiful way possible. So we were watching um, the Howling from 1981. It's a, a werewolf movie, and in the in one of the early scenes, two cops are driving around, and the older cop goes, "Boy, there's a lot of flotsam and jetsam out tonight, isn't there?" And then the young guy's like referencing eh. the people. He's yeah. referencing the people, sex workers. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Just like you know, your your common crooks walking down yeah, the street. Uh, he's like, I don't know where they come from, but they got to where they're going. And this is this is cool in L.A. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice good writing. <laughs> so I was like, Flotsam and Jetsam. That's a nice. One. I need to get in here. So uh, I've got a big announcement tonight to make. We've got ourselves a nautical idiom. Blow the boss Boatswain? Boats, bosun. Bosun. Blow the bosun whistle. Blow the bosun whistle. Do you remember we tried looking up the um, stink foghorn sound e- and we couldn't find a good one? E- e- yeah, Ren and Stimpy used that, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we got to get one of those. What, what ships use those? I just, my thing is like, why you should be able to type that into the internet and be like, stink Stink whistle. Stink whistle. You know, like yeah. stink horn. It should come up immediately. Immediately. And it doesn't. No. Yeah. Well, okay. So uh, we've got ourselves a, a nautical idiom. And um, so I'm going to talk to you first about flotsam. Flotsam is wreckage from a ship that is later found floating on the surface of the water. Because it's float. Well, precisely. Because it, it's that comes from... Like that uh, version of that word's been around since the 1600s. There was an Anglo-French word, flotsam, which just means floating. Okay. So that's one way that all you people out there can remember. Flotsam means 
floating wreckage. Right. So usually this is like debris that came off of um, ships after an accident. Um, maybe a Kraken ate through them. Maybe they crashed into another ship. Or the toilet got over full. And they're just like, just throw the whole toilet. Get rid of the ship. Just get rid of the whole thing. Um, so, uh, or if a, if a ship like sinks and things kind of float up from the ship as yes. it's sinking, that would be flotsam as well. Right. Cause it's still floating. Yeah. So maritime losses, flotsam may be claimed by the original owner. So if somehow the, the captain of the ship or the owner of the ship gets to live another day, all the flotsam that's found is technically his. Yeah. That's maritime law. But. What if he? What if he's just like, those are my dungarees, and then the guy's like, I, I don't know, <laughs> they fit me pretty good. Well, well, that's jetsam stuff that's stolen. <laughs> well, hold on, I'll get to it in a second. Is it so, jetsam have anything to do with jettison? Yes, it does. Oh, I know some roots. Y- yeah, you, you know? do know your yeah. roots. Um, so a really good example of flotsam is if you think about the end of Titanic when Rose is on that that um ornately carved wood and she's just floating there and and jack's just like so cold was his name jack yeah i think so uh so that piece of wood that rose is on is flotsam yeah because it's still part of the ship it's it's from the ship but the titanic can still say that's mine but yeah if if they get (laughs) yeah right right. yeah they can they can reclaim that wood and say no 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 um, t- I was looking up some Titanic st- flotsam. It's it goes for tens of thousands of dollars. What's the best thing? I mean, if you can the find steering wheel. Well, if you can find one of the um, life, uh, what are those called? Preservers. The lifesavers. Yeah. The, the circular lifesavers of a Titanic. Yeah, they're like they're like priceless. Wow. Yeah, you, you know, know that's a that's an extra morbid piece. It's quite right? morbid. Yeah, because it's like there weren't enough of these. <laughs> right, but but I got in one. In a way, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> in a way, the non-existence of more of these killed people. Yes. If there were only more, it, yeah. That's weird. That's a weird. Yeah, hang- people love morbid shit. They do. They used to buy hair from the people being hanged and stuff. Remember that. Right. At Tyburn? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, everyone's morbid. I mean, even um, you know, like uh like monks would go from town to town with like the fingernails of Saint Mark, you know, and it'd be like, This is the fingernail of Saint Mark and people would, you know, go on like yeah. pilgrimages from super far away to see like the kneecap of Saint Mary yeah. or whatever. Oh, I know. My 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 Mrs. Rowland was going to Ireland last uh, two years ago and I was like helping her try to look up stuff and there's a there's a place where they have a saint's head on display sure in yeah Ireland and I'm just like the relics I don't care about religion but I would like to see a head <laughs> right yeah there's so much there's so many cool relics in churches and stuff um you know, they get all the good relics apparently there's a church in Pittsburgh that has the most relics in the world in there the oh, what most are they? specks of dust from <laughs> From what? The Pope's nose. The Pope's hair. nose. Yeah, Pope's nose hair. I that would, doesn't count. I would pay a lot of money for Pope's nose hair. I bet there's a lot of Pope's nose hair. What, do you think they just throw it in the regular trash? See, someone would pay for that. Someone would. Right. People would pay for anything that came out of the Pope. You, could, <laughs> you know what out I'm, of the Pope. I mean, like, you could sell Pope shit. That's human flotsam. 
Right? As long as it's and, in some water. And, right. <laughs> Unless he's, I don't know. It depends on how healthy he is. It might not float. Okay, so Jetsum. We'll, 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 <laughs> we covered Flotsam. Jetsum is anything that's purposely thrown off a ship to lighten the load. You know, like when you see like in cartoons or it's like, you know, throw this overboard. Throw these bags of gold over. So, yeah. Who needs gold? Uh, I'm going to die. So anything that's cast aboard or jettisoned right. from a distressed ship intentionally, that if you find jettison, then you, I'm sorry, if you find jetsam, then you can keep claiming it Because they own. threw it away. Right. It's like it's like trash picking. It's like yeah, it's it's the it's like maritime trash picking. Wow. Oh my god, that's great. Even though it's like you know that person only threw it over because they were sinking and they were trying to stop sinking and hopefully they threw it overboard. They did. It was just unimportant enough to just throw away. Wow. So then, if you find that, typically you can you can claim it's yours, but there you know every. Every country has its own maritime laws. Well, what if so. you don't see the guy throwing it over and then, you know, you're just like, I think it cast- this is Jetsum. And he's like, no, no, that was Flotsam. No, that was Flotsam. I, I, I know it was. <laughs> how would, yeah, how could you know? Oh, but you know what? You could never know that that's Flotsam. You know what, though? Hmm. I bet you that most Jetsum sinks, right? Like, because you're trying to get the heavy stuff overboard. Yes. And that is called, there's a word for that. Mm-hmm. Anything that's any wreckage from a ship that sinks is called lagging. Lagging? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's flotsam, there's jetsam, there's lagging. And that's like, but that's also left behind intentionally. Um, so often it's like, I'm going to come back for this later and they'll attach a buoy to it so they can find it again. So- and if someone tries to take that, it's like, no, 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 this is lagging. I, this is mine. You should definitely lag in all your jetsam. Lag in all your jetsam. Right? Yeah. Just in case. If you want it. Maybe, the, 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 surely there's jetsam that you don't care about. It's like, I don't care if you find but that. why out. is it on the ship in, at all if you don't care about it? Mm-hmm. You should have thrown that right out of port. You could make better time. All <laughs> well, right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> um, derelict is wreckage that sinks to the ocean floor and has no hope of recovery. That's what derelict is. Yes. Means? That could so, have been its own episode. You, de- you think so? Goddamn derelict. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have never thought that that was. Yeah. So those are the four. Those four words are kind of like all, t- you know, they're all in the same wheelhouse. 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 <laughs> wow. Dude, derelict. I've never thought about that being, having any sort of. Yeah. Origin. Yeah. So, so Flotsam, Jetsam, and Lagan, they can all technically be reclaimed by their original owners. Not but, Jetsam. But, um, Jetsam, but like, you, you like what lie. you said. You, you could, could lie. lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, we threw it overboard on intentionally, but we, we want, I want that back. I mean, these guys are living on the sea. They're gonna lie. <laughs> They're gonna lie. <laughs> right. And then, uh, the derelict, that's kind of like it has all its, all its own rules and stuff. Like if a, if it's like a if it's like a governmental ship that you know whatever gets that sinks to the bottom of the ocean floor, we still have ownership of that kind of thing. We well, you know the we, government, the Albert, the government, yeah, the Albert and Ryan government. So what? How does it become derelict? Um, I guess if no one knows about it, <laughs> or hmm. maybe 
I don't know. That's a good question. Derelict stuff, though, is... There's plenty of derelict boats that, like, aren't owned by governments, you but, know what I but mean? But derelict is, like, nobody really wants it anyway, right? Right. Like okay. a cruise ship. If a cruise yeah, ship it's like, sank. you're useless. <laughs> yeah. And nobody wants you, and you're not... Yeah. That's why calling someone derelict is really... I want to use that more now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. We need to, we need to like, really bring that back it's into... Like um, people will take anything from a sunken boat except you. Yeah. Right. That is a low insult. <laughs> right. That's a low insult. Right. Yeah, it is low. It's low. Below sea level. Below sea level. All right. So people, if you're, if you're looking for a really good insult. Derelict. Derelict is a good one. So um, when did this become an idiom? Yes, they're all asking. When? All right. So it was a, the mid 1800s. And I, so I found this one source that said it it was uh, it appeared in the 1861 edition of All Year Round, which I found out was Charles Dickens' magazine, where he first serialized *The Tale of Two Cities* and *Great Expectations*. Get out! How about that? I had no idea. And this this uh, idiomatic use of flotsam and jetsam, which at the time was flotsam and jetsam, um, this is the line that was turkey buzzards were searching for flotsam and jetsam in the shape of dead Irish deckhands. Ooh yeah, that's dark. I gotta eat those guys. And our Scottish, our Scottish boy, Sir Walter Scott, said it, wrote it in an 1848 diary. The goods and let me, let me try it in a Scottish accent. The goods and chattels of the inhabitants are all said the savor of flotsam and jetsam. That was good. Thank you. That was a good Scottish. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my Scottish later too. Yeah, I mean, just do like a Shrek impression. Yeah, that usually good. helps. Um, so yeah, so that's it. That's pretty much the, the, where flotsam and jetsam comes from. I, I know maybe a lot of you have not heard that before. No, but, they've heard it. Oh, I've okay. heard it. I mean, not if they're 20. <laughs> <laughs> they don't hear anything. <laughs> you don't know. No, they hear stuff. I, I, yeah, but no, I think I knew what it was. Yeah. Well, good job. So um, here, here's some fun facts. Uh, Flotsam yes. and Jetsam, that, that's the name of the sinister pair of dual moray eels that served as minions to Ursula in Little Mermaid. Perfect. That makes, that's a great reference there. Isn't that a good one? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was looking at pictures of them. They're so cool because they each have one yellow eye and one white eye. Right. Yeah. And when they put their two eyes together, it makes the crystal ball for Ursula. Their eyes together make a crystal. Yeah, they like they like they. Are they like that's what, I mean, that's what she uses as her like to see into or like what's going on she in the world. She puts them together, and that's how she sees. They that's want crazy. to. They just kind of no, like that's crazy. Around. Yeah. Wow. And Who's really running this show. Uh huh. I, well, I was reading a little bit about them, and and they're considered the most competent henchmen of all Disney movies. Because they're not comic and bubbly. They're like right. evil and dark and serious and mysterious. Yeah. And they get all of the jobs that they're tasked to do throughout the movie they, they, they accomplish. Wow, that's really interesting. Right? Because they always have like a bumbling... They usually have like a bumbling fool. Someone that can't get Like a done. Smee from Hook. Oh, from, he is great. Though, yeah, well, he? yeah, he's lovable. He's very lovable. Flotsam and, and Jetsam are like evil. he's not a good evil sidekick. Right. So... All of the mess ups were from Ursula then? Well, th there was no, there act, there really weren't any mess ups until the very, very end, that last moment. Right. Um, I forget how it ends. But, I, me too. I forget who screws up. But well, they, re they really get Ariel like every step of the way. Things. You know, it's like fate. Mm hmm. Yeah. But anyway, Flotsam and Jetsam. 
Um, they were American. They're they are an American thrash metal band from the eighties. Cool. Based in Phoenix, and um, the the last thing that uh, <laughs> I don't know, in nineteen ninety two. There was a U.S. bound container vessel from China mm-hmm. that tipped over the North Pacific, and in it were twenty eight thousand rubber duckies, like the yellow rubber duckies, <laughs> and uh, I guess they're they're called friendly floaties, which I didn't know. Uh, Did I know didn't that? know that. Nope. <laughs> so um, this oceanographer, uh, his name was uh, Curtis Ebbesmeyer. He was a retired oceanographer, and he he like got interested in it. And he thought that it would be a good way to track ocean currents wherever the... Because there's no holes in rubber duckies. So they would stay on top of the water the entire time. Right. So he spent years tracking rubber duckies and where they went. So they they ended up in Hawaii, Alaska, South America, Australia, the Pacific Northwest. Jesus. All of these rubber duckies from this one shipment. And he was able to, you know, like track this model of ocean currents. That's an unbelievable uh, rivulet there. How did you get there? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, that's insane, dude. Like, hey, but why am I even talking about Oh, because it is flying. Well, it no, is, I know. Right. I know, oh, yeah, yeah. But, but I was like, just like, wait, how did I get there? Did you like search weirdest flotsam? I think I, I, think I looked up most unusual flotsam. Perfect. Okay, yeah. good. I just needed to know that because I got to up my game if you're yeah. from there to there. I, I don't know. <laughs> And uh, there's a there's a whole book about it called Moby Duck. Wow. The true story of 28,000 bath toys lost at sea and of the beachcombers, oceanographers, environmentalists, and fools, including the author who went in search of them. I like the including the author part. That is a very long title. It's a very long title. Usually only conspiracy theory books have that long right. of a title. Right. Yeah. This is apparently a science book. Okay. Well... Real quick, do you know mm-hmm. if he just like did he attach sensors to them or something? Did he get them before they spread out too far? Well, I guess I guess he was tracking where they ended up, and from from that you would be able to determine the accuracy of, oh, yeah, of, absolutely. of uh, ocean currents. But my thing is this, like, you know, I, like how does he get people to alert them? Right. So he would right? contact, like, uh, I, I, you know, this is uh, surely like how every every coast, every coast of every country has. I guess oceanographers and you know whatever beachcombers and right. stuff. So he just sent out messages to I get oceanographers and like he like published in a magazine. He's like contact this number if wow. you if you stumble upon any. And so then he would like investigate the arrival. And a lot of the times these uh you know in different countries they would they would kind of show up like one two ten twenty like all of a sudden a bunch would kind of appear. Sure, because they're all in that same current flow. Right. Right. Wow. You know what? I think it's official. We have to start the first Don't Be an Idiom fa- uh, book club. <clears throat> oh. Because I feel like you I'm read very Moby Duck. interested in Moby Duck. <laughs> Good. That'll because be our first nonfiction read. That would be, even if you had, like, if you planned to do that, mm-hmm. that would be hard to kind of investigate i don't know i or, feel like you know but yeah. like but he's he's coming at, he's reading about it after the fact that yeah. you know the cluster is gone like yeah well there's they they've still only accounted for like ten thousand or something so of the twenty eight thousand, yeah so there's 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 still some stuck somewhere but they could be frozen in an arctic um situation <laughs> they're probably in the pacific gyre like mm. the uh there's that trash 
yeah, yeah, spot, yeah. Like whirlpool yeah, that, that like lives in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. I bet they're in there. Probably. They're mostly in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that's the way the cookie crumbles for Flotsam and Jetsam. Mmm. Makes me want some cookies and cream creamer in my coffee. Mmm. <laughs> cookies and cream creamer. And uh, we'll be right back after this little music break. Great. Show them, boys. Look at that. that churro. That is the <laughs> longest churro I've ever seen. That song was Dead Ringer by Way Yes. Um, they're a Columbus, Ohio band. I love that song, by the way. Yeah, I like that, too. That was good. They remind me of like um, if Hot Chip was like an indie band and not like an electronic band or something like that. Yeah. But um, that song's on Tuna Hair. You can check it out. On, it's on tuna hair. That's the name of the album. Tuna hair. Tuna hair. Okay. Yeah. And um, the guy, <laughs> I was like, I contacted the singer, and um, I was like, hey, is that cool if we use this on the episode? And he's like, Yeah. Just like, what? What do you do? Do you just you just listen to hundreds of idiom titled songs until you find one that you like? And I was like, Yes, it's exactly what I do. Thousands, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I can tell you that. Of all of the songs titled Dead Ringer, yours is the best. How do you like that? I, I don't, he didn't seem particularly impressed. He was impressed, a very emotional artist. Mm. You know? Yeah. They have trouble showing emotion. They do. All right. What's your idiom? Well, uh, you know, I was going to do a little sort of a similar something about saying like, oh, this place, look at this place, right? But yeah. Why not, I'm just going to run off of what you said about like, got to clean up all this flotsam and jetsam yeah. and stick it in Fibber McGee's closet. Fibber McGee's <laughs> closet? Is this a joke? <laughs> this is not a joke. No one knows this idiom. This is technically an idiom and it's endangered, so we're going to bring it back. Wow, we haven't done this in Sweet Fanny Adams. You know, I was thinking about, I was getting really bogged down about like trying to find... Uh, you know, classic idioms to, to just, you know, talk about. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know how it goes. You just can't find a good one. And then bam, opened up a book, 
found this gem and I was like, it's time to bring one back. (laughs) Everyone's clearly very excited. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Fibber McGee's Closet. Fibber McGee's Closet. And this is... uh, can you tell me when the last time there's evidence of this having being having been written down somewhere? I can tell you the first times. Uh, but you don't know if it's what, been... Who, when did we ever look up the last time it's been written down? I should well, have. Some That's idioms, it's very obvious that That's they're still idea. being used today. I should, have, I should have looked up the last times. Okay. Although I think that would be hard to find. But I mean, like, if you just, like... Like, for example, I'll just, like, go to, like, the New York Times search button, and I'll just, like, write Flotsam and Jetsam, and then it'll bring up every article that that's ever been in, and then you can just look at the year, you know? Yeah, okay, I could do that. Okay, I'm just curious. I'm just curious if... The New York Times is is an an article, a a periodical. It's a periodical. Um, But uh, Fibber McGee's Closet, I mean, I'm wondering, is this this, uh, endangered, or is it extinct? Ooh. Well, you know what? I don't know. We're not talking. We're talking about it. So I think that there is the potential for All life. Right. All right. All right I gotta, so I gotta, why don't you go? I got to think of an origin story here. Fibber McGee's closet, huh? Okay. Oh wait, did you you didn't you didn't do the memeing yet? Oh, Fibber McGee's closet is that? That's just where you. Well, I don't know what the meaning is. That's where <laughs> that's where it's like kind of like an equivalent to like I just put it under the bed, like a, a storing a storage space for things that don't matter. You know what? The funny thing is, is it actually is not so much about the space. Yeah, it's more about the clutter, Cut. jumble, or mess itself. Oh, but so, you're close. So wait, you call Fibber McGee's closet. Uh, uh, You'd be like a mess, like when like, you see a mess. Look at it. it's like Fibber McGee's closet in here. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Fibber McGee had a very messy closet. Maybe that person did. If that was a person, I don't know. Okay, all right. You got to figure that out on your guess. All right. So um, here's my guess in in the 1840s. Yeah. 1830s. There was an Irish. There was an Irishman named yeah, named like Frankie that. Frankie McGee, and Frankie McGee, he traveled to Ellis Island. Um, I know that the Ellis Island boom was in the early 1900s, but he was he was on it early, and he came over to New York to start a new life. What? What are you laughing? No, about? it's good. He got there before the boom. He got there before the boom. He's a um, trendsetter. Mm-hmm. Trendsetter. And uh, he he was like, you know, I'm getting, a, I'm going, I'm starting anew. I've got no wife, no kids, no friends. Everyone hates my guts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what well, I can I do. I wonder what it. he was up to. Um, so he got to New York, and for f- about 40, 50 years, he had it real rough. That's uh, a long time to have it rough. It is, but then, the, you know, people started coming to Ellis Island. Right. Finally. Right. And, and he had stock in Ellis Island. He, no, but he did have a store, a storefront. It was just called McGee's Market, and he sold all Irish products. Okay. So he sold, um, you know, potatoes and meat pie and, you know, just swaths of grass and, uh, you know, Guinness, bottles of Guinness. It's nice that you could buy grass. I like but that. But no one was interested. 
And so not, he not even the Irish immigrants. The Irish were like, we just got away from Ireland. We don't want to shop it. Yeah, we're we, we're ready also, to be American. Also, we remember you, old. Uh, and you were, Frankie dick back you were a dick in back Ireland. then. <laughs> and now that we see you again, we're, we remember that you exist and we're upset about it. Anyway, Frankie McGee had an island. Oh, fuck. Frankie McGee had an, an island. No, no, he had an idea for a store to draw people in. It was very mysterious. And right. it was a room of closets, a room of doors. Ooh. And you'd come in to the storefront. And he'd be like, and they would go, hey, what's behind these doors? And he'd be like, oh, there's a, it's, a, it's a rhinoceros. It's a rhinoceros. <laughs> behind and, that door is a rhinoceros. And then people would open it up and it would just be, it would be like, you know. A mirror? Um, it would be, <laughs> sure, a mirror, a bunch of clown noses. And they'd be like, what? This is, you, you, you lied. You're a fibber. And he's like, I'm Fibber McGee. <laughs> And you should have read the sign. And then um, they're like, what's behind the other ones? He'd be like, ah, and, um, you know, and, and anyway, this is just people. A hippo. <laughs> oh, hippo. <laughs> and then they'd open it up and it was uh, more mirrors and stuff. Anyway. <laughs> just a way to ins- tell people they were fat. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, as time went on, he would eventually fill these closets up with um, just things that he found on the streets and this was a very bad business model for a shop, but um, it was filled. With, there was ten different closets in there. They were all filled with trash from. See now, I like the sound of this. The yeah, and they were all just trash closets, and so. And you can um, still go today, and you could still go today. It did. It was shut down, unfortunately, due to COVID, um, and also no one had visited in about That's 100 a hundred years. That's a shame. But um, that's Fibber McGee's closet, and that's all I got. I, that was a I terrible was, guess. No, that was very creative. I was like, man, you know, I I, I have to get better at guessing. No, no, it, that was it, that was too drawn. It was too. No, I long-winded. liked it. I liked all the doors. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I really I did. Okay. All right. All right well, so anyway, it's not true though. Yeah. No. Don't, no. Don't okay. listen to this man. Uh. So Fibber McGee's closet is an idea that came from a popular rate, a very popular U.S. radio show Whoa. Uh, that was taking place from 1935 all the way up to 1959. Okay. It was called Fibber McGee and Molly. This was a radio show? It was a radio. It was, you always right, find it was the a good radio very shows. popular radio show. Okay. And... Anyway, I listened to a couple episodes. Oh, you were able to find some. I, they are very available. <laughs> they are, I, which I was surprised. Like they, they actually still have their own um, uh, Fibber McGee and Molly website. No way. And they they boast twelve hundred episodes that you can listen to. Wow. They played every Tuesday. Oh my! Still? Uh, for, no, they played every Tuesday oh, from okay. thir- nineteen thirty-five to nineteen fifty-nine. So that's a lot. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, basically what we have here is this, it's a married couple, but they're actually married in real life too. Yeah. It was, uh, Jim Jordan and Marianne Jordan and mm-hmm. they real life married couple. And then they play, they were both comedians and they played this show where it was, it was a lot of puns and the basic premise is, so Fibber is the main character. Okay. Was this was it Fibber played by Jim Jordan? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, the, this is Fibber and Molly, and uh, he was, um, he never really was 
holding like a steady job. He always had all of these like get rich quick schemes yeah, that yeah. would always go awry. Right. And then the, the episodes were only about like 20 something minutes long, but they were just like loaded with puns and wow. idioms. Yeah. And I really felt like the whole time I was like, these, we could learn a lot from these people. <laughs> yeah. So the, the Fibber McGee's closet was their biggest running gag. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started in an episode that was called like something like Fibber Cleans the Closet. But then yeah. the audience was so, they thought it was so funny that they ended up doing it like a bunch of forever. times. No, like, like almost, almost every episode. Wow. So basically what it was, was someone, usually Fibber would go to the closet, and be like, oh, I just got to grab something from the closet. And then all of this stuff nice. would crash out. A lot of stuff would crash out. I feel like out. cartoons kind of took that I in a way. I think that that's actually where it came from. Oh. And then he always ended with his signature, yeah, got to clean that closet out one day. <laughs> and uh, the audience just ate it up. Loved it. I mean, like this is, this is the time of gathering around the radio, listening to a program. It was, a, it, was, it was family friendly. Yeah. So it was super popular and that was what they were waiting for. That was the big gag was the falling out, the sh- junk falling out of the closet gag. Wow, it's great. Yeah. Um, so that is kind of where it all came from, but I did look up some of the first times that it was in print. Yeah. So the very first that I could find was something in the Port Huron Times, Hemerald. Herald. Hemerald? Hemerald. <laughs> Jeez, that's a terrible condition to have. <laughs> My Hemerald's a kill him. <laughs> uh, December of 1941, they said uh, it, was, it was for this shop called the Sports Shop. Mm-hmm. They had an ad. And it was like, our store is stocked fuller than Fibber McGee's closet. Good. Very. Right? So actually very relevant it was used for ads kind of a lot um the daily oklahoman used it when there was a scrap metal collection in 1942 for the war effort yeah and it was uh it goes like this oklahoma city's main salvage collection point at fourth street and walker avenue looked like fibber mcgee's closet friday afternoon trucks piled tons of scrap metal there after collecting it from homes all over the city then they used it for the war again when they were collecting rubber uh, to, like, I guess the army needed to make stuff, right? Yeah, right. And uh, it, this was in June of 1942. It was, uh, in almost every home, there is one or more places that might be compared with Fibber McGee's hall closet where he collects the articles he may again use. It is quite full, as McGee's fans will be quick to recognize in your own closets and storage areas. The most important thing that you possess is... All caps, rubber. rubber. Rubber must be the cushioning upon which our armed forces will ride to glorious victory. Wow, so you can help the army. Yes. By giving them your Scrap rubber. rubber. Scrap yeah. rubber. Yeah. Yeah, they really needed everything back then, huh? They needed the bonds. They needed the yeah. rubber. They needed the, what else, yeah. the camouflage. Yeah. Tapestries. So, like, so they, it was really kind of used a lot in these ads to try to support America really yeah um and then you know then it just kind of became anything that was like a mess right yeah, like so you're, you're, you have a mess right so um do you think that like our grandparents would have been familiar with this you know i'm really bad with the timelines like let me ask you something how old would our grandparents have been in in 42 
Um, right? Like, how old would our grandparents been in 42? They like, been our like, parents were they born been like, in, like, the fifth. They would have been, 50s, like, right? eight, I don't know, like, 20, maybe? Like, so, there's a good chance that our grandparents were listening to Fibber McGee and Molly when they were young because it was a family program and like obviously there wasn't TV yet so yeah. families gathering around the the radio yeah so basically that's where this all comes from is Fibber McGee's closet yeah I guess I just I, <laughs> it's not enough meat on the bone I got a lot of fun facts about the show Fibber McGee what do you want to know I just would like to know I think I'd like to know when the last time someone used this as an idiom alright well so I did do what you said I looked it up in yeah. New York Times <laughs> come up? and the latest I can find is April 2nd 1988 Jim, oh Jim Jordan Radius Fibber McGee is dead <laughs> at 91 well that's not really using it as a phrase I guess no but it's full circle <laughs> it is it's full circle. That's where the circle stops being drawn. All right. Really. <laughs> yeah, give me your fun facts. Look, though. look, everybody. This thing, yeah, this thing is, it's possibly extinct, yeah. right? But Yeah, but but just like the woolly mammoth, we can bring it back. Well, listen. It's whether this, or not we... This brings we, me back to Joe Miller. Nobody yeah. knew what a Joe Miller joke was back then, and now they do. That's true. Joe Miller was another, that was another one that you dug up. Fibber McGee. Joe Miller. Fibber McGee's the new Joe Miller. I agree. <laughs> you got to get excited about this. All right. So the fun facts. There's a lot of them. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So that that closet gag was the best known running sound gag in America Radio's classic period. Whoa. The number one. Yeah. So It's crazy that people don't know about this. That's what I'm saying. This is so important. This is number one. Exactly. So here's a here's kind of a cool origin story of this whole thing. Jim yeah. Jordan. So he was, before he got the show, he had a show before that. And before he got that, he started a vaudeville act. And before he got that, his brother bet him 10 bucks that he couldn't come up with a better concept of this than this comedy show that was on the radio. $10. Then him and his wife got together. They're like, we can do this. And they went down to radio station WIBO. I remember it. Right? And they like put on a little act and they were hired by the end of their act and got a contract for $10 a week. Can you imagine week. being that funny? That entertaining? I guess maybe at the beginning of comedy, you, like you just had to be a little funny and you were so funny. I got maybe. Uh, maybe. They must have, well, but also they lasted many seasons. So. But could you imagine like sitting there with like, you're listening to the radio, you're like, this is trash, I could do better than this, and your brother is like, I bet you 10 bucks you can't. And then that bet starts your whole career. Someone needs to bet us to do something interesting. Yeah, bet us to do something. Send us an email at don'tbeatedium at gmail.com, <laughs> okay? Um, so after he did, they did that for a little while, him and his wife did like a vaudeville act for a couple years. And then they started, they came up with this show called Smack Out. Mm, so this I was like a that. true that radio show idiom. called Smack Out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so it kind of is, I think, because the idea was from a true life experience about this guy that had this general store that was seemingly stocked. Mm -hmm. And every time it had a it had a reputation for when you would go in there and ask for something, yeah. he'd be like, Oh, I'm smack out of that. Ah, uh, that's good. But 
so they ended up coming up with this bit that became yeah. its own show. It was a 15 minute segment segment that they did. And um, building a whole show off of a guy not having something in stock. And that's what it was. Wow. It was a general that's store genius. and his catchphrase was, I'm smack out of it. We could bring that back. That's what, This is what I'm saying. Look, there's another one. This could be the I'm revival that people are dying for. Yeah. That's like a smack of ham. Yes. You know, we should be able to turn that. And somebody should be taking that. Please, and excuse me, people. And, yeah. Take this. Uh, one of the things that I liked about the show was there was this, the announcer. So, okay, these old timey radio shows, it was all about the sponsor. Yeah. I mean, the sponsor had a really long intro and a really long um, intermission. Right. Like, like a, you know, so uh, there was this guy named Harlow Wilcox. And his whole thing was that he was the, he was like the plug guy for Johnson Wax. Like this show, Johnson Wax was before. They were the ones. Before the title. They were the Coca-Cola yeah. of the radio era. So they actually had this guy at intermission. He was a character on the show that would come in and spin any scenario into a Johnson <laughs> Wax yeah. uh, commercial. And after a while, Fibber actually started breaking the fourth wall and being like, I know what you're about to do. Like, and I, you, like, he would try to like confuse him and stuff. Yeah. The show seems like it was kind of really like ahead of its time. Uh, let's, let's try to do all 1200 episodes. Okay. <laughs> and we'll live stream it and you can join him. Oh, our that's interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. People would love to hear that. All right. In 1935, Jim Jordan won the Burlington Liars Club Championship with a story about catching an elusive rat. Oh, I love I just that. Thought, that is good. We love rats here. Yeah. Don't be an idiom. All right. In the show, the McGee's won their house with a lottery ticket that they bought, and the numbers were 13, 13, 13. And they won their house at 79. Wistful way. Yes. It sounds made up. That's pretty cool though. For, it is. I think for a, for a show. And then, okay, wrapping it up here. Uh, in the last couple years of the show, Molly disappeared. And oh my God. Uh, in the public, they said that she was taking uh, some time off for fatigue, but she had actually battled with alcoholism her whole life. Oops. Yeah. So then they changed the show from Fibber McGee and Molly to Fibber McGee and Company. Oh, that's and good. Then they could have anybody on. So what he started doing was at the end of the episodes, he would always say, good night, Molly, which is so sweet, oh, right? Sweet. You know? Yeah. But the FCC was like, you can't do that. You can't use fucking FCC. You can't They're use the, worst. the radio to send private messages, right? Oh. But... They ended up fighting back and saying, no, no, no. Molly is a character on the show. This right. is part of the show. And then he started doing the sign-offs again yes. until the show was over with a good night, Molly. How sweet is that? Fibber McGee. I know, right? Good job. Uh, they, they also had, they tried it as a TV show for yeah. one year after, yeah. after the radio show. And it was like no, a massive thanks. failure. Oops. Yeah. And I will say this, for the research of this episode, the first episode that we decided to listen to was called Shoveling Coal from Gildersleeve's Lawn, which was his his neighbor that was always getting involved and stuff. Okay, good. So, so you can go, you can listen, after this, you can listen to that very, what I'm assuming is a very humorous episode. Well, let me just give you the rundown real quick. Basically, Gildersleeve comes over and he's like, ah, 
uh, Fibber, what's what's with all this coal piled on my lawn? And he's like, somebody, somebody, they said that somebody told him to pile it here. He's like, yeah, that was me. I thought you, you were going to get coal delivered. He's like, in the basement, you fool. So anyway, they have to shove, shovel five tons of coal. Wow. Into the basement. Coal shovelers, sure. And then at the end, this woman that had sold them a raffle ticket uh, for like, you know, this thing that they were doing in town. She was like, you won, Fibber. And he's like, oh, my God, I left my jacket on the floor of the basement. <laughs> so he was he was all shoveled out and he was like, oh, my God, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't shovel that out for a hundred dollars. And she's like, well, that's funny. The ticket is for a hundred dollars. He's like, let's go. <laughs> so he had pretty to funny. shovel it twice. Did you listen to the whole thing? I li- yeah, oh, nice. the episodes are only like 20-something minutes. Okay, wow. And most of it, they're just talking about Johnson's wax. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, people. So next time you see, you know, you go to your in-law's house and you're, you're just kind of grossed out by their messy business, you go, what is this, uh, Fiddler mm-hmm. McGee's closet over fibber, here? Fibber, Fibber. <laughs> He's not a fiddler. No, but what you can what do... Is this, uh, Fibber McGee's closet? Yeah, what you can do is you can combine these idioms. This was not planned. You can go... Like, well, look at all this flotsam and jetsam. What is this, Fibber McGee's closet? This is a very... Right? Yeah, they're you very... Can stuff the flotsam and jetsam into Fibber McGee's closet. They're very intertwined, these right? two. What, is yeah. the, what are the odds? You're going to end the the idiom? Just try and think. Oh, shit. And that's a wrap, folks. Did you just say, that's a wrap? Ten. All right. Mystery Science Theater. Well, oh my God. There's a there's a very ominous countdown happening. So make sure you tell your friends, you rate us on Apple Podcasts, you throw things overboard. Go to Instagram and uh and go to Instagram to let us know your shirt size so we can get you on that list for our once in a dead moon t-shirt coming soon so until next time don't be an idiot you there you sir who me you look like a man that has hemorrhoids no i don't oh now don't be ashamed it's very natural to have have hemorrhoids i have them I thought so. What if I told you you could enhance your hemorrhoids? Why would I want to enhance them? Well, as we know, there's no cure for hemorrhoids, so you might as well have the biggest, baddest hemorrhoids anyone's ever seen. Here's all my money. Well, hold on now. It's only $9.95. This is all the money I have to my name. Well, let's see what we've got here. Um, okay, there's a couple singles. I'm looking at about... And 58 cents. Uh, yeah, it's about... Thank you. $2.58. The... You're not quite there. Thank you. Do you have a job? Don't have a job. Go back. Go back and get a job and then come see me. No time for that. Thank you for the enhancement. What? Well, no, no. Bye. Ex- you, sir. Other man. Who, me? That's the voice of a man with hemorrhoids. Oh, I've got them, baby. I could tell by the way your pants are bunching up. Thank you. How would you like to be a god? I would like that. Well, it's only gonna cost you $9.95. That much? Well, that's pretty cheap. Okay, here's my money. All right, well, I gotta tell you about the product first. Okay, go ahead. 
Harold's Hemerald Enhancer. Your hemerolds will grow longer and stronger. Their scent will waft through the windows of good neighbors and bad neighbors. And now, Harold's comes in extra wet formula. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the office, and a real romancer. Wow. Another satisfied customer. You got that big old punch of hemorrhage. Where you going with that big old punch? People gonna wanna know ya. You can charge a nickel to get near that punch. You got that big old punch.